And welcome into another edition of the Wolverine.com podcast here on the Wolverine.com, also on our YouTube channel, uh, if you search the Wolverine. Uh, here again with former Michigan Wolverine, Ryan Van Bergen, as we break down. We didn't go live after last night's game against Indiana, given that it was a night game. We figured we'd be back, we'd be back pretty quickly in the morning anyways to come back and record. So we figured we would just come back and knock it out all at once. Uh, Michigan wins 29-7. to Honestly, uh, pretty, pretty bare bones. I say pretty vanilla. It was, I think, in a lot of ways, the type of game we expected it to be. Ryan. Yeah, um, you know, I think even maybe a little more dialed down because they had to come in with their third quarterback, and we found out pretty quickly that this guy's not going to throw the ball, push the ball downfield. So, uh, kind of just running the ball at each other. I do think we saw, you know, a couple more throws from Cade than I thought we may have, um, but. Uh, overall, I think it was just let's secure this win and let's move on. For like, That was the approach it felt like, especially when they started dropping because I felt for Indiana, man. They had so many guys go down to injury and, um, you know, they just wanted to get out of there, I think, alive. Yeah, I mean, that's to me, I, I come out of this game, that's the story of both of both teams. I mean, the, injur- the injury tents on both sidelines were getting a ton of work, whether it was, you know, it seemed like guys on Indiana's defense were dropping like flies. Um, Cade spent some time in there for Michigan. Andre Anthony spent some time in there. AJ Henning spent time in there. Um, Blake Corum uh, spent some time in there, went to the locker room and uh, came back in street clothes and a walking boot. So you hope that that's not too long term. It doesn't, Michigan doesn't seem worried that it is super serious, but anytime you see a walking boot, that's always kind of a concern. Um, I feel like I'm missing a couple guys. Eric all dressed, but didn't play. So it was kind of Luke Schoonmaker show. He stepped up. Had a couple scoring, uh, three catches, 21 yards, and two touchdowns. So, I mean, all in all, um, just like I said, thank God for Hassan, for Hassan Haskins because Michigan came into that game already without Donovan Edwards, who missed his second straight game with an undisclosed injury. Just talked about Blake Corum got hurt. So they, they kind of had to lean on Hassan, and I think that's where we start here. I mean, 27 carries, career high, 168 yards. They... Mike Hart went up to him on the sideline at some point last night and went, "Listen, man, uh, you're all you're all we have left, or else we're going to Leon Franklin or Tavier Dunlap, who I think they maybe have played 20 combined snaps this year." So, Hassan Haskins. I mean, if there's a game ball to give out for last night, I think that's your guy. Yeah, I think so, and I think he's been you know probably waiting for this opportunity. Him and Quorum doing this two back running back by commission thing. That's a tough, dangerous dynamic that not a lot of teams, I think, can do successfully is have the two-back system. Because statistically, it's hard not to get caught up in the fact that you're not the leading rusher Kenneth Walker is. But if Kenneth Walker had to split his reps with someone like you guys are having to do, who knows where he would be? So it's tough that – and it's a good thing that these guys have been able to share the reps that they have. And they are. They bring different things to the table. I predicted that Corum was going to go off this game because I thought Indiana was a little tougher – uh, in the middle than they were on the edges. I thought once you saw us working edges, we were better there. And Haskins can get to the edge, but not like Corm can get to the edge. Corm gets to the edge in a special way. So uh, hopefully we get him back. But having Haskins show up was nice. And, yeah, the tight ends. I was wrong on Corm, but the tight ends showing up. Schumacher could have had three touchdowns. That other one was a nice one-handed grab that he had. But <clears throat> that might be the answer to these red zone woes we've been talking about. You know, we were talking on uh, Friday that – getting field goals in the red zone has been tough and it's going to be tough to beat Penn state tough to beat Ohio state with these field goals in the red zone. Eric all is a good option. I think if he's healthy and now you see Schumacher, he's got soft hands, this kid can play and create matchup problems. So 
maybe there's an answer there in the red zone finally, and that's what we need in order to beat Penn State, beat Ohio State here at the end of the year. Yeah, you're hoping that those are the, that's an emergence that can help in the red zone. But again, last night was another night where they had to settle a couple times down there. Uh, thank God for Jake Moody again. I feel like we say that every week. He was three for three, a pair of uh, pair of makes from 34 yards, one from 32. Like they're still not doing enough down there. And I and again, I thought that the you know this run run pass on third and long in the red zone that like, that's a formula that I think is just. It's stale. It needs to be better. It needs to be a little more creative. But again, um, hey, I'll give you half a point on someone popping a big run because Haskins did have a 62-yarder, so he got out and hit a home run there on one of those plays. But, yeah, I mean, all in all, um, it's really hard to make sweeping proclamations either way about this one. I I thought we've talked about meat left on the bone a lot. I felt that was was certainly present uh, on Saturday. But at the same time, you know there are there are hangover games like this. If you felt like they just kind of slept, sleepwalked, and I, they didn't sleepwalk. They they played hard. They they took care of business. Indiana only scored a, a, like a single touchdown. I think they had 195 yards of total offense. So, I mean, good job by the defense. Um, and I'll, you'll like talking about this one too. Talk about those guys that get to the quarterback. Aiden Hutchinson, David Ojabo, continue to just be completely unblockable. Um, Hutchinson had what people would call a quote unquote quiet night, but he still had four quarterback pressures. Ojabo had another, uh, sack and forced fumble. So, I mean, it used to, you know, the, the conversation throughout the year about those two guys has been, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson, Aiden Hutchinson. And yeah, David Ojabo's coming on. Now it feels like the last couple of weeks when we talk about those two guys, it's, it's like a one A and one B type thing. Uh, Ojabo mm-hmm. continues to get better and, when you know you might be an offense and, and you might be able to find a way to slow down one of those guys or use a tight end and, and chip or give give your offensive line a little bit of help on a guy like Hutchinson, but I don't think you can stop both of those guys when they when they're playing like they have been. No, they're doing really well. They're kind of remind me, you know, Michigan's kind of been defensive end university for the last 15 years. I was talking about it with a friend last night. You go back as far as Woodley, Brandon Graham, um, Jake Ryan, Frank Clark, Josh Uche, Chase Winovich, Taco Charlton. I mean, we've got defensive ends that we produce. And when you happen to have two guys, like you said, not a one and a two, but a one A, one B, like we see, we we have, that really, the internal clock on quarterbacks has gotten shorter and will continue to get shorter if these guys keep playing the way that they're playing. Got to find some help from the defensive tackles. Not that we played poorly at defensive tackle last game, but when there's a blemish or when there's something that could be better, it's that we're not getting enough pressure from the defensive tackle position. But as far as defensive ends, Ojabo and uh, Hutchinson, I think, are pushing Winovich and Uche for the top two back and forth. Quitty pay, forgot Quitty pay. But, yeah, defensive end-wise, we've been solid for a number of years. We just got to get the defensive tackle position to come along with it. Yeah, a couple other positives from the defensive end. I think that, uh, Junior Colson has has looked again. At times he looks like a freshman, but he led the team in tackles last night with eight. He's he's up and down, but he's playing better. Uh, Josh Ross had a nice night. Um, something that I think really the coaching staff and I don't know if you want to pit it on Jim Harbaugh or Mike McDonald. I mean, whatever it is, it was a collective decision. We saw Mike Barrett play forty five snaps last night when he played. 41, I believe it was, in the first eight games of the year. And he was kind of playing a similar role to what he had uh, in the old defense. He was kind of that hybrid safety linebacker. He was playing in the nickel. Um, 
you know, they had him in the box a little bit. And after the game, Jim Harbaugh said that you know, they decided to do that as a a way that because of the positional versatility he brings to the table, they wanted to do that uh, to offset some of those substitution things we saw against Michigan State. So you didn't have to switch out as much personnel because you had a guy like Mike Barrett that you could ask to do different things um, in different situations there. So I think when I look at the defensive side of the ball, that was an adjustment. And we talked about how you know, the, the mass substitution thing was going to be a learning experience for Mike McDonald. Again, at the end of the day, he is still a first-year coordinator. Uh, but I think that that adjustment and how they were able to, um, you know, use him last night, I think that really is a testament to the fact that Mike McDonald has learned, is developing as a coordinator, and progress was made there this week. Yeah, and I would like to think tempo-wise, we're probably in a position now where that's not going to, we're not going to let that hurt us and beat us like it did against Michigan State. It might be something that we still need to deal with, cope with, with from another team, and we'll see it as a wrinkle, I'm sure from Penn State and from Ohio State just to test us and make sure we're, we're cleaned up there. But, um, you know, I think that's something that probably doesn't translate exactly from NFL to college is how hard you work at the NFL level to make sure that you have all the matchups the way you want them and personnel the way you want them. Because no one in the NFL runs the no huddle like they do in college. And so, you know, learning experience, I think we've learned there. And uh, we're going to continue to get better. And I think uh, – Another guy that popped off for me is uh, Turner. I, I never remember the initials. JT, DJ, I think it's DJ Turner. Uh, DJ Turner. At the, but I feel like he's another guy that just keeps getting better. The more he plays, the stickier he gets. And I feel like he's a guy that is going to have his own island in 2022. But uh, especially if he keeps progressing the way that he is, which is nice, because I feel like we've been missing some lockdown corner for the last year or two years. And I feel like he's growing into that role. Yeah, he's been really good. You're going to need him every bit down the stretch because next week you've got Jahan Dotson, and the week after that you'll get um, – what's the kid's name from Maryland? Rakeem Jarrett. And then obviously we know what Ohio State will bring to the table uh, that last week of the year. So a guy like DJ Turner coming along, developing, um, that's a that's a big that's a big deal for him So and a big deal for Michigan. So um, – We'll we'll move to some of the I guess negatives of the game, but are there any other positives that you want to wrap up here before we move into the next part of the show? I just love that Kate is Kate, and you know I've been on here talking about JJ should get an opportunity, and uh, I do still think he's the sports car, and JJ is the nice sedan that gets you where you want to go, gets great gas mileage. There's no reason to get rid of it. We love the vehicle. That's who Kate is, and I love that he still is that guy. He came out and played pretty well yesterday. Um, you know, it doesn't look like it statistically, but for the pressure that he was getting, which if we're getting into the bad things, that's one of the things I'm going to comment on. But for the pressure that he was getting and how many times he took hits, he stood in there, threw good balls, didn't throw it to the other team at all. You know, you're in a game where you should win this game, you know, being conservative because you're they're not doing anything on offense. So don't give them any extra possessions. Give your guys chances to make plays on the ball. He did all those things. He was – McNamara the way we know him to be. And it's a good thing we have him because uh, it's nice that he's so consistent. Yeah, it was, it was a solid showing from Cade, 10 for 18, 168 yards. Um, you know, you won't, you'd like that completion percentage to be a little bit higher, but it's just like you find a breakout. And it's, this has happened a couple of times this year. Ronnie Bell has a good first half against Western, Western Michigan. Gets hurt. He's out for the year. Roman Wilson has a breakout game against Wisconsin does something to his hand. He's out for a couple weeks. And then this week, you find another guy, Andre Anthony, who had a breakout game last week. 
he plays a handful of snaps in this game and he's in the injury tent and doesn't play the rest of the night. So like that's three guys that throughout the year you would hope could develop as these, these options in Michigan's passing offense. And it's just not, um, I, I think the development for the position group as a whole, isn't really where you'd like it to be, but also when these guys have broken out, Michigan's had some bad luck there too, but yeah, I thought Cade was fine. Um, we can probably use that as a springboard into what the negatives were. Uh, to me, I think most of them are offensively, but we'll piggyback off of what you just brought up. Uh, I thought the pass protection was really, really bad uh, on Saturday night. Yeah, I agree, and I'm worried because Penn State, I think, might be the best defense in the Big Ten right now. Uh, they're definitely one of the more elaborate defenses as far as what their looks are going to be like and what their pressures are like. They have a lot of run pressures, um, pass pressures, and they run them well. Uh, so we better clean them up because, honestly, we weren't getting anything too crazy from Indiana. We were getting a lot of nickel blitz. Um, you know, we were getting a lot of wave blitz from the field. Uh, we were getting games with a four-man rush, you know, twists and stuff like that that you should be able to pass off. I'm not saying it's basic, but it's definitely not like, you know, Ph.D. football. And um, we struggled, and then Penn State's going to watch that film and kind of be drooling about it because they, if you, they like their run pressures, which they're going to bring to try and slow our run game down, and they work as pass pressures too. And if we don't clean up our pocket, uh, we're going to be picking up McNamara off the ground quite a bit with like we were this game and he's just not as good a quarter. Anyone is not as good a quarterback when they're getting under pressure like that, but uh, it definitely impacts McNamara because he's not the most mobile. He's not the most escapable quarterback in the world. So uh, we better clean those up or we're going to be punting a lot uh, in happy Valley next weekend. Yeah. Even if, you know, even when you do have a mobile quarterback that's back there, like a JJ McCarthy, he is a true freshman. And I think what we've seen throughout the years that, if he gets sped up, he's a lot more likely to make a bad decision, especially being a guy that's that young. So no matter who's out there, like they just have to be better there. Um, I think Stuber, for the most part, I think he's had a really good year. Ryan Hayes, you know, I feel like they've just needed more out of him uh, from the tackles. But, you know, they were the pressure was coming from everywhere. It seemed like there were um, – Zinter missed a few. It's just it just has to be better. I, I think it's – the, the silver lining in all this is that to have maybe the worst offensive line performance you've had uh, come in a, a game where you still win by three touchdowns. I mean, Michigan's pretty fortunate that that was the case, um, but they have to be better there. Uh, I want to stick on, I want to stick on offense for a bit and maybe we even linger on this. Cause I really didn't, I don't have much to say defensively about things that went awry. I think that that was as workmanlike a performance as you could have asked from them given the situation, but I want to stay on offense for a bit because we did talk about Schoonmaker and, and finding him in the red zone, but uh, again, just still not good enough down there. The play calling isn't where you want it to be. Um, even on the night, uh, there was that really weird situation, I think right at the start of the third quarter where Michigan was out on the field in fourth and one, and it looked like they were going to maybe go for it on their their own side of the field, and then maybe they were going to hard count, but then maybe they were going to actually go for it. Then they call a timeout. It was just... It seemed like there was a lot of miscommunication down there on the field uh, on Saturday night in a lot of those situations. I agree. And I'm sure everybody's feeling the same way. I feel like we marched the ball. We're getting down there feeling good about our offense. Then all of a sudden you see the line judge spot the ball at the uh, 17 yard line. And you're like, Oh no, first and 10 from the 17. Here comes a field goal. You already know, you already know it's what's coming. And um, part of it is predictability. I do think that we, because if we get inside the 10, we get to first and goal. I like our chances a lot more than, you know, first and 10 from the 17, 18, 19 yard line. Because 
those are where we start running the ball, you know, run, run, pass if necessary, pass if it's third and five or more. But I feel like we could do more with play action. We could do more and get a little more creative and just be aware of that area. You know, it's very specific from, you know, the 22-yard line to the 15-yard line. We sputter and, and we need to be more conscious of what we're running, what we're calling, because it's just it's the same inside zone. It's not a it's not a read option. I, I was talking to my brother about it. It's not read option because he's not reading anybody. He's going to give the ball to Haskins. It's not a it's not a read option. It looks like read option, but there's no read. You know, RPOs. There's still opportunities there, especially these linebackers triggering down so hard on Haskins and keying on him and Corum. There's got to be an opportunity to leak the tight end like a Gronk back in the day and just pop it. You know, or a slant from the inside receiver when the run on the when the linebackers are coming up to try and stop the run. We've got to get a little more creative in that twenty-two to fifteen yard line range because once we get within the ten yard line, we're better. It's just that you know, ten to twenty-five yards, ball spotted there. Moody better be warming up because we're going to kick a field goal. Yeah, it, it. I think it's part of it's. I, I really do think it's it's symbiotic right now i think it's the play calling i don't think the uh, guys enough are executing what's called um maybe that's i I don't know what you attribute that to but i I just it just has to be better we're nine weeks in um you know for josh gaddis this is last night was his that was his 28th game as michigan's offensive coordinator so i feel like there's still there's still like a sliver of people that come out and say oh well let them figure it out let michigan figure out well it's his it was his 28th game at michigan um, it's Michigan's not, it was Michigan's ninth football game of the year. Like we're kind of past the point of auditioning and getting reps and figuring stuff out. And, um, you know, there's always, every time Michigan has a game where they're a little bit vanilla offensively, someone goes, Oh, you wait, they're just, they're just holding up the rest of the playbook for Ohio state or, or Penn state or whoever. Um, they just have to be better down there. And something that I, I really, it would be nice to see more of is, um, kind of that quick passing game that you sort of alluded to with the slants. That was something I thought they did really well in the first half of that Rutgers game um, when they went up 20 to three. I don't know that we've really seen a whole lot of that since then. Um, also, I mean, a play that I think could be bread and butter for them is that tight end delay that they pulled out a few times. And maybe that's just an Eric all play, but I, um, like I said, it, it again, it would be nice if they would have had Eric all out there given how he's broken out over the last several weeks, but Hey, Schoonmaker's uh, name was called. Um, Carter Seltzer almost had his first catch on one that was was reversed, but his third first catch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it hasn't come yet. It hasn't come yet. It's almost there, but yeah. Overall, I mean, it just has to be better. I mean, I think we've we've pretty well plowed that ground to where we say field goals aren't going to beat Ohio State. They're not going to beat Penn State. They're not going to beat the best teams on your schedule. Um, and for as good as Jake Moody is, and he is reliable. Um, this is kind of the stat of the day. I mean, Michigan is tied for the FBS lead in field goals inside the red zone with 17. The other team they're tied with is Colorado State, and that's a three and six football team. So it just it has it just has to be better. Like there's no other way to put it. It has to be better. They have to find a way. Mm-hmm. And other teams. The other thing I keep thinking is other teams are doing it with less talent. You know, so if if other teams are not having this struggle that we're having. What is our real problem? Because it's not the talent. It's not the guys that we have out on the field, the 11 we're playing. Something else is amiss, and we just got to figure it out. Like, in, we've got the guys there. We just got to figure it out and get it figured out for this for this game versus Penn State and then for sure for Ohio State. Because if we had a new package or something, I feel like we would have seen it in East Lansing. Yeah, it's, 
if it's just a matter of executing what's called, maybe you need to change what's being called because we are, again, we are nine weeks in. We are, um, you know, 14, 15 weeks into this team preparing for the season and then even longer than that if you talk about off-season work and spring football. So if after all this time it's not working, you kind of need to change your approach there. And I get that, again, I know Eric Hall was out. I know that wide receivers have been out. They don't really have that jump ball guy um, in the red zone right now, but – Something's got to change, and they have to figure it out because there is – I mean, with Michigan State losing on Saturday, the door is kind of – if you take care of your business and Ohio State takes care of their business, what did we talk about last week? Like, your goals are still ahead of you, and that game, the last week in November, has a chance to be where you control your own destiny with the Big Tennies title on the line. So you have to get better. It's as simple as that. Um, it does not get any easier uh, this week uh, with going to Penn State. We know that – uh, God, I mean, you hope they can get at least if they can at least get Donovan Edwards or one of Donovan Edwards and Blake Quorum back because what you talked about. I mean, Penn State's going to load up and try and stop the run, and I just I don't think that running Hassan Haskins thirty times is going to really get it done against them next week. I think you're going to need another guy. I think you're going to have to be able to throw too. So hopefully that means guys like Anthony and Henning are back. Um, you know, yeah. We're going to need to get the quick game going. I think what you said about the quick game against Penn State will be huge. Quick game against Penn State will be huge. You know, I like when we emptied out and Cade's at the controls. I think this is something that you might see a little bit more of, especially if we don't get Donovan Edwards back or Quorum back and we have one back. So um, definitely going to have to see something different, I think, against Penn State. Because if you, like you said, if we come out with our normal game plan and just run it and all we got is Haskins, we could be setting ourselves up for trouble. Yeah, well, let's before we get out of here, uh, because I think we've pretty much nailed everything on, on the Indiana game here. Um, thoughts on Big Ten East race after the games that we saw on Saturday. Uh, Michigan State loses to Purdue. Ohio State survives a scare against Nebraska. Again, it's I, I hate I don't want it to feel like it's, you know, Charlie Brown kicking the football and Lucy pulls it away again. But it just feels like there is an opportunity to. Get you know, stay in this thing and have a chance to still have a chance to play in Indianapolis. Yeah, for the first time, which is huge, and you know that's got to be the mindset. Uh, I would feel like the the buzz around the building and in the facility today. I don't know if the guys knew that Michigan State had lost the game when they went to play last night versus Indiana, um, but I got a feeling like they've got to be juiced up today watching the film like yeah it wasn't the prettiest win versus indiana but it was a win we took care of business and to be honest in our division in our league that's you know that's that's enough you know we we did enough and our division is tough you know you look at the other side i was shocked when they pulled up the other side i think minnesota's in the lead on the other side of the division it's like minnesota wisconsin tied for the the lead on the other side then you've got penn state michigan michigan state ohio state battling it out like juggernauts we might have to rethink when we play each other because I'm starting to think that we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot by scheduling all our games in November. It's fun. It's exciting for the Big Ten, but you know, it could lead to if all of us are you know, a one-loss, two-loss team. It could lead to none of us making it to the college football playoff from beating on each other. So we're kind of, I feel like, getting into that same, maybe not the same exact, but the same flow of the division that's Alabama, LSU, Auburn uh, of the SEC that you know, a two-loss team out of our side might be better than a no-loss team in, you know, Cincinnati or something like that. So it might be leading up to some interesting discussions. But for Michigan and for us being focused on what we need, everything's in front of us. And I feel like this should be a uh, kind of a second wind after what happened in East Lansing um, and then seeing that they lost and that, you know, we could be in the driver's seat again as long as we keep winning. 
Yeah, you talk about how hard this division is. I mean, Penn State is is the fourth place team in the Big Ten East, and I don't know if there's a fourth place team in the rest of college football in a division that will present as much of a challenge to a top ten team that, that they will on Saturday. Um, and thankfully, like Michigan, not only avoided the night game, they avoided the the later afternoon kick. They're going to play this thing at noon. Penn State is basically going to do like a pseudo whiteout. Uh, they're going to helmet stripe the stadium. I don't know how that works, but. Um, yeah, big opportunity on the table. Uh, get back. Uh, they haven't played at Penn State in the daylight since 2015, and they won. So hopefully that's a good omen. But uh, put a bow on this one. You're eight and one. A lot of people, like myself, I said they'd go eight and four this year. They're there, uh, barring a collapse, which I don't really foresee happening. I think this team is too focused. I think uh, you know until last night I felt like they were too healthy. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens there. Uh, I don't think anything that they experienced uh, on Saturday night is, is going to be lingering for too long. But you got three of these left. Penn State, you go on the road at Maryland uh, the week after, and then we all know what's there the last weekend of the year. So any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, nothing. I'm just excited. And uh, it's the, the further we go and feel like we at least have our hand on the steering wheel. We may not, may not be in the driver's seat, but having our hand on the steering wheel is – that's exciting for me. That's what I wanted from this team. When you get Harbaugh into his seventh year, I thought we would be able to control our own destiny into the Big Ten Championship. And since we haven't had to do that, that's a source of a lot of my frustration. But having our hand on the wheel here in November, second week in November, I'm happy with that. And I think a lot of people will be. For sure. Uh, again, you see what happened at Purdue and you feel like a missed opportunity was there last week. But it doesn't matter now. Uh, take care of your business. The other team that you'll play last week of the year, take care of their business and your destiny's in your own hands. So uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, if you've been watching on YouTube, be sure to hit the subscribe button below. Uh, hit the bell to be notified when we go live, when new videos are posted, all that. Uh, leave us a five-star review. Leave us positive feedback on the Wolverine.com podcast feed. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you get your shows. Um, one one more push. I uh, didn't do it in the beginning. Uh, the Wolverine.com, and this will be in the description below. We moved to the On3 Sports Network, and for a limited time, you can get a year-long subscription for us for a dollar. There's nothing on this planet. You can get a dollar. You can pay a dollar and get something for a year. It's an absolute steal. We have the best team of, of content creators, insiders in the market. So please give us a chance. Appreciate you guys listening. So that's going to do it for us. Uh, for Ryan Van Bergen, I'm Anthony Broom. Michigan wins in week nine. Or I'm sorry, week 10. Uh, 29-7 over Indiana. Moved to 8-1 on the season. Their goals are still in front of them with Penn State up next in week 11. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.